Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 96. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to try to delve into the world of what we call reasonable standards for the average um, civilian who carries a, carries a concealed handgun or potentially has you know, a rifle at home for home defense. Uh, we kind of got into this because we're thinking, you know, what, what should somebody be expected to be able to do uh, what is a, a level of capability that will make you an asset to your team, tribe, family, etc. Um, and then what's something that you can reasonably aspire to um, with some training? Yeah, guys, well, a lot of the training that we do, you know, we've got a group of folks that we train with that in general, we might have a couple young studs in the group. Um, but, you know, a lot of the guys are, are either approaching or solidly middle-aged dudes. Um, who, you know, maybe, you know, aren't professional or collegiate athlete class, uh, athletes, but there's some guys that are, that are, that can move pretty well. There's some dudes that are pretty strong for their age, for their, their place in life. Um, there's a couple guys that can run pretty well. There's a couple big dudes that can run pretty well, you know, and move fairly well, um, again, for, for what they're carrying around with them and, and kind of looking at some of these things, the classes that you go and take are often taught by guys that either are performing at a high level or have recently performed at a very high level. Um, you know, whether that's a, you know, uh, Dave Spalding, uh, Dave Spalding's an older dude who moves really, really well. And, and obviously, you know, knowledge aside, Dave's, Dave's a bit of a guru, um, when it comes to shooting and tactics, etc. But he, he also moves incredibly well for a guy who's not in his 20s or 30s. Um, and my understanding, you know, from, from studying some of Dave's stuff and taking a class or two with him, you know, he used to do some collegiate track coaching um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's, he understands a lot about human physiology and about human movement and things of that nature. And he communicates it incredibly effectively. Um, but a dude who operated again at a very high level, he was, a you know, a, a, an officer with a federal law enforcement team, you know, that did some pretty high speed stuff for six or eight years after he retired from 30 some years with the local sheriff's office, a big chunk of which was spent on their SWAT team. Um, you get into guys, um, you know, dudes that are former SF guys that are out there doing training guys from the unit, um, like Pat Mack, uh, 54 years old. Um, and again, from a physicality standpoint and ability to move standpoint, could probably keep up with a lot of collegiate athletes. Yeah, um, and has had over twenty different reconstructive surgeries. Absolutely, and and you know, and 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 so you know, there's guys out there. Um, Panone, another stud. Paul Howe, another stud. Um, who's the dude? Um, the Southern guy who teaches competition shooting now. Um, oh my God, I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, but anyway, you know, the myriad and sundry former Navy SEALs, former SF dudes, and, and the reality check is all these guys are guys that even at the end, toward the end of their careers, when they're in their 30s, could generally keep up with guys in their 20s that are at the top of the game, too. Um, you know, the, the, so when we sit here and say, okay, what are the standards or what should you be looking at? You know, there is something to take into account that if you're a law enforcement officer, um, you know, then, then there's some consideration to how you maintain your health, how you maintain your ability to move, your body's ability to move, um, and, and different things that it's not just the gun because a lot of these, a lot of these drills have a movement component to them. And even if that movement is transitioning from standing to kneeling, kneeling to prone or different things of that nature, or if that movement is you got to sprint 20 yards or further, um, you know, those things come into play and there's a reality check that if you're a professional at arms, um, you need to be able to do some of these drills at 
what the author of the drill has termed, you know, at least the mid range. If you find yourself in the bottom range of that, um, and you're a professional at arms, then you know you may want to start rethinking some of your PT. Um, you know, maybe and maybe it is if you're broke getting fixed. You know, if you if you're a police officer, the likelihood is you've got fairly decent insurance. Um, you know, go go see your doc and get to a specialist and get diagnosed and then get fixed if you got something that's slowing down and keep you doing for your work. Because the reality check is the other guys out there working with you may need to rely on you to be able to perform at that level or better. So let's talk about what those levels are. Yeah. So, uh, so starting out, we're just going to baseline everything as this is three season apparel that you're wearing. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> spring, summer, fall, um, from with the pistol, um, from concealment, uh, at 10 yards, a C zone or better hit on a USPSA target in under two seconds. Yeah. From, from the draw. Um, if you, if you are wearing garments that, that prevent you from getting the garment out of the way, wherever it is you carry it, that's going to be a conversation. Um, you know, you can choose better garments. That's a general rule of thumb. You know, there's there are companies out there that Brian and I, you know, we buy gear from, and it doesn't have to be Arc'teryx. Um, there are a lot of companies out there making a lot of clothing that has side zips, um, that has, you know, stretchy material to it that'll let you draw and do different things like that. I can't think, what's the, the Ferrosi? That's uh, outdoor research. Yeah, the outdoor research stuff that you have, you know, makes some nice lightweight jackets that are good three-season jackets that shed water and stuff like that that allow you to get into that draw stroke and get stuff out of your way. Um, but the, the two-second, sub-two-second is a challenge, but it shouldn't be anywhere near insurmountable by anyone wearing reasonable clothing. And again, you know, that three-season gear, not your, not it's five below zero and you got on three layers, four layers. So, yep. yeah. Um, to add on to that, um, two shots, same target. So if sacred USPSA target at 10 yards, um, season or better in under two and a half. Easy. Yeah. Because realistically, um, the visual aspect of seeing your shots and seeing your splits just still should put you at two fives or three O's. So if you can get under two seconds, you ought to be able to get under two and a half pretty easily. Um, throwing a reload. Yeah. Doing so. Let's say a shot, a reload, and another shot for uh -huh. five. Yeah, yeah. I, I would With say everything five, five to five and a half, uh, something like that. The reload is again, uh, it, you know, there's, again, and again, all these are metrics that we're throwing out there as, I'm going to say a slow average. Yeah, and when we say concealed, if you're LE or otherwise, you got duty gear. Um, this is in your duty gear with closed pouches and retention holsters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, as you would drive around in your cruiser, not as you would necessarily walk up to somebody you think is going to try and hurt you. So yeah, don't 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 cheat it. Those of you who flip your bales off for drills and stuff like that on your safari lands, yeah, you know I'm looking at you. You know who you are. Um, yeah, so that you know that five five and a half seconds to a a draw draw to one reload to one more. Um, I, I would, I would think five and a half would be comfortable for, for anybody who's got just moderate skills. I would honestly would think five seconds would be just making sure you don't screw something up, like get clothes in the way. Cause that is a reality yeah. aspect of that. Um, but yeah, five to five and a half. And I'd say you should be shooting to get under five pretty consistently. Um, I, I would, I would hit malfunction clearance, but I, I don't like pushing malfunction clearance into an under the timer conversation because there's a diagnostic component to it not just a straight achieving skills component to it, but 
you, yeah. it should not take you forever to clear your freaking gun. Even 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 if you would have a you know some type of a remedial action necessary with a handgun, which is extremely rare to have to go to a remedial action where you're removing the mag, rack, 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 reload the gun. But you still ought to be able to do that. What would you say if you're going anything on a pistol under ten seconds? For yeah, for absolutely for sure. And I was thinking more like maybe five to seven. Um, even if you've got to strip the mag, it shouldn't take yeah. two seconds to strip the mag. If you carry a spare mag, now you're going into a reload. Okay, cool. There's three seconds, but you had to have had the gun already out and been shooting it to have experienced or manipulating it out of the holster to yeah. have had a malfunction. Yeah. I mean, 10 seconds, I would say pushes out the rifle stuff for me because it can be a little slower to clear the rifle, but either way, uh, I'm saying five yeah. to seven. Yeah. Uh, better, better metric for malfunction clearance might be our kettlebell experience from yes. a few podcasts yes. ago. Yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, um, we did. We had a assistant setting up malfunction, so you did 30 seconds worth of physical work, um, ideally with a kettlebell to smoke your grip. Um, you had to fix the malfunction and engage the target um, five times, and we did that every minute for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, I'd say the average person should be able to do at least 10 rounds of that. Yeah, for ten minutes worth of that. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's and that's a and that that that's just good training in general because what that does is it it, it greases in the idea of, of that that movement and those skills. It greases in what you're supposed to be doing because if you pick the gun up and your first assessment is something in the way of your sights, swipe it and go. If your second assessment is something's not working, tap rack go. And then your third assessment is holy crap, this really sucks. It doesn't want to work. Now let's strip whatever out of the gun strip the mag out, rack, 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 and reload and go. Um, if you do that enough times in a row, um, you know, you'll you'll get to where you need to be pretty quick. Uh, one of the guys that we shoot with on a regular basis um, is, is a little bit schizophrenic on this, but can turn into a method guy on certain things. Um, and, and that's, you know, work, work, work the method, work the method, work, work the, the method. System. Yeah, work that system, understand what you're doing. Uh, we did a similar... Uh, thing with rifles where basically each guy got somewhere around seven to ten minutes of somebody handing you a rifle as soon as you cleared a rifle and made in and got it functioning and made two hits on a target some as soon as you did that someone handed you another rifle with another malfunction for running seven to ten minutes um and and if you worked the system if you worked it and worked it and worked it that became the most efficient way to work the really bad malfunctions and you got really quick at, at stopping where you needed to stop to clear easy malfunctions. So same thing with a handgun, you know, and it's, it's just pushing through the reps is all it is. Okay. Um, next up, I would say would be a build drill with mm -hmm. the pistol. Yeah. So from the draw, um, six rounds on the target, uh, under three seconds. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say that under three seconds is, is, is pushing it pretty hard. I'm, I'm going to say under three seconds is pushing it pretty hard. Because if your draw strokes two... And you got to get six shots off. Um, and you're saying that you want to be able to visually process what you're seeing. I'm going to say there's a lot of good shooters out there that can do it really fast. I mean, what what are we what we were watching Terrier do it in two seconds for this USPSA race gun stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Ben Ben Terrier, uh, you know, one of our guys, um, is just smoking the USPSA stuff. And I'm pretty sure he had a 195 or a 199 bill. Um, for, a, for us mere mortals um, with daily drivers, three seconds is still moving pretty good because you're chasing down at that point those those two o splits. Um, and I'm giving somebody a C-zone at 10 yards, so fairly generous target. 
Yeah, I, I, I still. I mean, they're pushing. He's pushing A's. So I mean, same kind of conversation. I, 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 I it's, I'm not saying it's not doable. I just exactly. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not doable. I think, but for your average schmo, um, maybe three and a half. Maybe I'm just saying, just be aware that you know, if we're talking about trying to see your splits, twenty to twenty-five, point two, point two five are visible splits. Whereas you know, jailbait going down to the one fives, one sevens, you're not really seeing what's happening. And that's getting into race gun world. That's getting into seriously skilled shooter world, in my opinion. You know, I mean, there are some of us that can maintain those splits, but our accuracy is on the target, but is not what we want. And I'd rather say maintain that accuracy standard where you're hitting A, so you're hitting that that whatever USPSA circle is, or whatever uh, uh, IDPA, circle. IDPA circle or USPSA rectangle. I'd say that you know I would want to run these with the metric of being A zones. And I get the Z zone thing on the build drill, but the build drills is a trigger control drill, a trigger making the trigger work drill. It's a cadence or timing drill more than it is anything else. So if you're not getting really good hits, then you're probably out running your headlights. How about okay. that? So yeah, but I, I don't mind three seconds, but understand three seconds is quick. So yeah, I'm pulling yeah. three seconds from Panone's, like that's the middle tier. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and the middle tier is pretty skilled. If you're Joe Schmo, who, you know, if you're, um, civilian super dad cake eating individual who works for in an office somewhere and you're on the range once a month or twice a month, you know, that's, that's pretty strong. If you're only making it to the range once a quarter and you can do three seconds, you should pick up a job shooting somewhere because yeah. you're pretty good at it. So. Uh, the, to pull from Panone and this is from the Mac that we talked about, um, one or two podcasts ago, um, the baseline, the level three would be five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and I think five seconds is, is on the other end of that where that's I think that's slow. <laughs> five, five, five seconds is more than doable. So even with a bad draw, that's that's yeah. half second splits at that point. So yeah, cool, cool. Um, other pistol stuff? Um, no, I mean those are really the fundamentals. When you start talking about well, you know what are what are the things you do? You draw the gun, you shoot the gun, you shoot the gun twice. You reload the gun, you fix the gun. What's that? Bows and beak drill? Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about body armor stuff, the reality check is if you're running .25 cadence on your shots, if your splits are running around a quarter, the reality is the transition from chest to head should be auditorially, you shouldn't be able to hear a difference. It should just be pop, pop, pop. So we're talking... You know, rather than the bang, 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 you know. And if you want to do a mo as a, you know, a hammer and then a headshot, that's cool, whatever. But so what are we going to call that? I'm still going to call that two and a half. Yeah, I mean, say so you should be able to, you know, if you're doing a body armor drill, two to the body, one to the head. I just don't like pushing the idea of a set cadence or a set number of a standard response. Okay. Two shots assessed. Two shots assessed. Oh wow, he's still stabbing me. Two shots assessed. He's still stabbing me. I'll assess again. You know, I mean, that's like the old Robin Williams. You know, uh, stop or I'll say stop again. You know, kind of thing. So, but yeah, no, I think two and a half is reasonable on a on any kind of body armor drill. Cool. So cool. Um, moving on to what we call, we're going to look at doing stuff with rifles, so AR-15s. Um, if you're going to try to do this with an AK, um, it's going to be a little bit more challenging because of the safety selector. Yep. Um, starting off, just pure marksmanship. Um, this is Pat Max, 50-yard, um, four-position aggregate. Um, so at 50 yards, we're shooting a B-8 repair center. Um, scored 10, 9, 8, 7. Anything outside the 7 is a 0. Um, X's are still 10s, but if you're shooting with someone, um, they would be a tiebreaker. So five rounds standing, um, five rounds kneeling, um, five rounds sitting or rice paddy prone, and then five rounds prone. 
uh, 180 points or better. Yeah, and if you if you've never done this before, Google Pat McNamara um, or T Max and see if you can find the drill of him doing this again. 54 year old dude, stud, but 20 freaking orthopedic surgeries. Um, he also utilizes a really cool sitting position with his mag hung over his knee that is a super fast to get into and be pretty damn stable for what it is, especially for those of us that are a little fluffy and not super flexible. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the 180, you know, you got all the time in the world. So it's one of those things where it seems like it should be an absolute no brainer, but the reality check is most people don't shoot as well as they think they do. Um, even with a rifle, even with an optic, even doing all the things, um, positional shooting, while I don't want to sit here and tell somebody, you know, that you need to get in your primary marksmanship instructor mode and, and, and get in perfect positions for everything you do, because, you know, in the real world, in a gunfight, you're never going to get a perfect position. Okay, that's cool, but it still doesn't hurt you to learn what the most stable position is and then utilize the best version you can get to in the real world as you're shooting around real world things like cars, people, curbs, etc. Um, and that is, so while his sitting position is not a traditional Camp Perry sitting position, it is very, very functional. Um, but understanding what you can actually do from kneeling, um, a lot of guys basically do a lunge and don't stabilize their elbow on their knee or the different things like that. Or they're doing, you know, different kinds of contact points that maybe aren't as optimal, you know, whether you're doing bone on bone, muscle on bone, or muscle on muscle. Um, and then when you settle into those positions, you also see the little things that maybe will help you out down the road, like your pulse popping um, either off your triceps as it rests over your knee or whatever the case may be, different things like that. Um, but yeah, the 180 is, is doable, um, but it's something that if you're not paying attention to what you're doing, it's really easy to miss the mark. Pardon the pun. Yeah. So, yep. Um, what was the time? So the, the timed version of that is doing, it's the same thing. Uh, I've seen in person Pat Mack do this in 30, I think 29 seconds. Okay. Um, which is, it is kind of unbelievable, but yeah. it is possible. And, until you, in, until you, until, especially if you <coughs> shot it or tried to do it, yeah. then you 30 seconds, 30 seconds, that's all the time mm. in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. he, he, he's got... He has this sort of like levitation move from kneeling to sitting. Yep. That is worth three seconds on the clock. Yep. Um, it is it is a sight to behold. Uh, but you should be able to do the same drill, shooting. Let's call it one one sixty five to one seventy in under sixty seconds. Yeah, and I would and I would say the under sixty seconds in in that one seventy mark is that's doable. That's doable for even somebody who's fluffy and not flexible and not young like me. Um, again, you need to bear down. The one thing I will tell you that if you're training to break this drill down, training to break down simply the movements between positions. So being in a standing position and then simply dropping to the appropriate kneeling, the actual kneeling you want, not the kneeling you end up in when you drop. Cause like I've got, you know, I've had knee surgery in my left knee twice. And so dropping to that kneeling position, I don't always land where I want to land. So practicing breaking down that movement with no shooting no no bang bang just simply maybe the safety manipulation you go from safety off to safety on standing and as you're safety on you're dropping to that knee and then getting nestled into where your elbow is going to ride where your butt's going to be on your heel where your toes are going to be behind you and setting in that position and then doing the same thing from the kneeling doing the thing that pat does from kneeling to like that sitting position with this 
mag hooked over his knee. It yeah, almost... doesn't do that. It hooked mag hooked over his knee. Okay. For this, because okay. it takes longer to get into. Okay, gotcha. But he goes from a kneeling to he kind of like hops up, crosses his legs in the air, and lands in a campari position. Exactly, and that's probably why he's had twenty different surgeries because he does stupid shit like that to screw his body up. But he's way better and smarter than I am, um, so I'll stop shit talking him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Pat. <laughs> Practice this on grass and not concrete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, either way, that transition, whatever that transition looks like. Um, I'm trying to think of who, which one of our guys has like a crossed ankles, just sits in the position and it might have, I don't know, it's either him or the young kid who's in the Marine Corps now. Um, so he had a really interesting fast transition from kneeling to ankles cross sitting. Um, that's like, shit, I wish I was, you know, under 30 and could do that still. Um, but anyway, maybe he's part Korean. I'm not sure. So it's got the hips for it. So whatever. Um, so anyway, those transitions and then. Just the, the simple spin, the simple kicking your legs out and spinning at the same time to get to prone. Um, practicing those movements, and it, and it probably seems a little silly until you recognize that getting into a position under time is part of shooting from that position. So, part of being combat yeah, effective in that position. Exactly, and if you talk to guys, again, guys like Ben who practice, you know, do USPSA stuff, a big part of going through stage prep and stage setup is looking at where am I moving, where am I moving from and where am I moving to, and what's the most efficient way to get from a good shooting position to a moving position, back to a good shooting position, and they practice that stuff, and there's a reason why they shoot USPSA at a high level or IDPA at a high level, and I don't. Um, it's because they train that to the nth degree, as well as pulling the trigger and finding the sights and stuff. So bear that in mind as you're you know, testing some of this stuff out. It might behoove you to dry fire and dry position these things as well. Yeah. So, yep, yep. Um, to add in that kind of stress, again, stressing marksmanship, um, we, we came up with a drill a few years ago we called rifle lunges. Ah. Uh, so still at 50 ah. yards, um, this is a, a full 30-round um, magazine for your rifle. Um, in under three minutes, shooting a two... Was it 240 or 270? I think 270 was the standard. 270 was the standard, I don't know. I know I didn't make it. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah. So the 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 on the buzzer, um, you drop to a kneeling position, take one shot, come back up, switch knees, take another shot, um, repeat until the magazine goes dry, or three minutes elapses. Um, any shots not fired are a zero, and then you're looking to score two seventy or better on that B eight repair center. Yep, and I will and I will tell you that. This is one of those places where your your strength and and people talk about balance. I'm not a super big believer in balance. I'm not saying balance is a thing. I do think that balance is a component of strength. You talk about, you know, oh, Grandpa got old and his balance went to hell. Well, Grandpa got old and his muscles atrophied and deteriorated, and he didn't have those small muscles and large muscle groups controlling his movements. So it's a strength conversation more than, per se, a balance conversation, unless you have vertigo or some manner of, of neural issue um, at that point or processing issue. Um, being strong will help you with this because this is something that I, I'm, my accuracy wasn't where I wanted, but the ability to get up and down and do lunges for 30 shots was, was interesting and not necessarily fun. But I do think this is a great challenge drill. If you find yourself at about shot 20 and you are huffing so bad that you can't get the sights lined up, you might want to look at joining a gym or at least going for a walk three days a week, something. Um, and then beyond that, doing some leg work and starting to do some air squats, lunges, etc., on your own to get that moving. 
but single leg stabilization movements are a hell of a lot harder. So if you can do lunges, do lunges and learn how to do them properly, why not do it dry fire? You had mentioned doing this as a dry fire yeah. drill in your basement over and over again. Um, you know, phenomenal dry fire drill. That's actually something that when I dry fire, if I'm dry firing with a rifle, I almost always do this because of how bad that sucked. And my performance was pretty rough because I, I just, you know, shooting off a knee is hard when yeah. I go, when left knee goes down, my left knee does not like being on the ground. That is the other caveat I will do with this. If you train this um, in your house, find carpet, really plush, thick, padded carpet if you can. Maybe an extra thick yoga mat. Maybe, something like that. Um, when you train it out on the range, if you're going to do it with live ammo, um, knee pads are the order of the day. I don't care if you're a tough guy or not. Um, knee pads are really a big deal for this. Um, the one thing that I found with this, again, it's one of those a lot of reps at one time. I got in the position a lot better the 10th, 11th drop than I did the first one, two, three, and four. And that is one thing this drill also will push you into is getting comfortably into your supinated position or that in range of motion position where you start to stabilize better and there's less attempt at muscle to control, more attempt at body, con body construction to control where you're at. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons I really like this. So, uh, and if we're, it seems like we're stressing the kneeling position on this. Um, if you look at suburban, urban, kind of semi-rural micro terrain, I mean, kneeling position is probably your best tactical solution for most of the time. Yeah, the likelihood that you'll be able to get into a prone position with any kind of cover or concealment out in the real world. Um, I understand being low on the battlefield when you're up, you're down, you're up, you're moving, you're down kind of thing. But when you have a choice about where you're up, you're moving, and you're down, if you've got a choice about it, more than likely it's going to end up being behind something that you can't see over from prone. So understand that, and kneeling is a good position, especially if you have something nearby you can use to brace off of that provides defilade or, or at least cover for you. So, yeah. yeah. Um, the, three, the, third, the three minutes on this is, is a smoker, but I, but I do think that it's doable. Um, and, and maybe if you wanted to cheat it the first few times you did it, limit yourself to two minutes and do a 20 round mag yeah. so that you can work on the marksmanship and getting into position. But if you want to work out out of it, start with a 30 round mag and do it. Cause it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot. So, yeah. Uh, uh, anything yeah. else on the rifle? Um, I want to throw out the, what's the freaking before you go in the shoot house, if you can walk on water, uh, the, the, oh, the D boy, the, the x-ray alpha thing. So the x-ray alpha thing, um, I do want to throw that out there. I think the time frames, the time hacks for the actual drill are stunningly fast, and it really gives you an appreciation for not only how good of shooters these guys are, because I don't think the shooting component of it is necessarily all that hard, but the ability of these the dudes to move time component yeah, is, is tight. Brutal. It's tight. Um, so what's what's the name of that? Um, uh, it's the CQB assessment. Uh, if you look through previous podcasts, we run through it at least once, maybe twice. Um, Who's is it? Who's is that? It's X-Ray Alphas. I don't know if it's actually published okay. anymore or not. Okay. Um, okay. Then we'll leave it at that. Yeah. If, yeah. Go find it if you you know if you know somebody that can walk you through it. That's good. Um, there are some components of movement that are not long sprints, but they're enough that when you see the time hacks, you're going to kind of be like you'll just be like, okay, I want to see if I can get this, or you'll be like me and be like, <laughs> there's no freaking way, but let's try it anyway. Yeah. And then you find out you find out you get closer than you thought you could. Um, the shooting aspect of it is not that difficult, but I will say adding in the additional movement going from static to static, but timed to the lunges to this 
would be a really interesting progression if you were out on the range by yourself or with a very small group where you had time to run through these things. It, it would, this would be an interesting conversation. And by the time you got to this, you'd be good and warmed up. So the sprints wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. Wouldn't pull a hammy. <laughs> so, yep. Um, yeah. Rifle stuff. I don't, I don't really know that I, that I would say what a metric would be, say for example, to go from standing to prone and a headshot at a hundred yards or 200 yards or 300 yards. But I would say that maybe I don't have this data for me personally, but maybe the idea of timing yourself, yeah. find, find a 200 yard line somewhere where you can go from standing um, you know, and, and then drop, you know, beep, drop the prone, get a headshot, you know, and see what, and, and then just note that and then do it a year from now yeah, and see if you're any better. And then that might be a shooting thing or that might be a physicality thing either way. Yeah. I'd say, in, you know, again, looking at an average, yeah, place called a, a CPD patrol rifle specified yeah. AR-15, um, with M8 or M193, mm-hmm. um, Body shot at 200 is probably a little bit more reasonable. Okay. Yes. Yeah, totally a, cool. A mechanical no, that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. No, I agree. Feeling you from standing to prone and making a first round hit. Yeah. In under three and a half. I don't think that's. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think the positions that if you're old and don't move well, it's a two second position. Going from standing to prone, you can get there. Um, you know, I know that when we ran, like it's an example, the BSA um, stuff from Magpul Dynamics back in the day. Um, they went out to 100 yards. We only had 50 yards to use. We were dropping to, you had four seconds to drop two prone and get two hits or four hits. I think it was two hits, but it was a fairly tightly regulated center. It was a four-inch target okay. at 50 yards. And I would say 80%, maybe 70% of the guys in the class, and it was a big class, there were 22 people there, probably 70 to 80% of the class was able to make that metric. Um, we watched Chris do it, and I think uh, Costa didn't do his back any favors doing it that day, but I seem to recall that he was able to get like six or eight hits in that same four seconds. Damn. Um, well, but he was getting in position. Yeah. He was dropping to the ground, which didn't do his back any favors. So, um, and, and I, and some of the numbers that were put up in that class by a few of us were pretty impressive because that's back when I was shooting a whole lot more. So, but again, we're talking about knowing how to get in the position without hurting yourself, but also rapidly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you Google BSA, that'll give you, that might give you some punch out numbers too to work with and try and get metrics yeah. on because it's standard number of shots at X distance, you know, from whatever position. Yeah. So. I want to say the, uh, uh, John Mosby or the mountain gorilla, uh, I think it's mountain gorilla.wordpress.com. Um, and that's gorilla, like the, the underground revolutionary, not the monkey. Harambe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, he's got a lot of. This stuff, if you look back through the archives on his blog, um, he's a former Whiteside SF guy. Um, really good information there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up for cool. now. All right. Um, yeah, stop in and see us. We're in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, we'd love to see you. Uh, we are still running COVID-related hours of 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. And we're trying to limit to about four people in the store at a time. So we can maintain proper social distancing and keep um, the tyrannical mini mic and potentially the new tyrannical whoever yeah. uh, happy. Um, you can also follow us on social media. We're Cap City Outfitters on Instagram and Facebook as long as they let us stick around. Uh, we do an email newsletter once a week. You can sign up for that on our website, capcityoutfitters.com. 
or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we will happily add you to that. Um, lots of good information on training, um, things we're thinking about with stuff like this, uh, along with updates on inventory that we've gotten into the store. Um, lastly, you can visit us at capcityoutfitters.com to find valuable information on things like how to do an FFL transfer and also how to buy a suppressor from our storefront at silencershop.com. Cool. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you soon.